This is Jawbreaker, and I'm your host, Stephanie Moyers. I'm here today with David. I'm going to butcher your last name, Raymond. <laughs> Hi, David. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> Hi, that was pretty good. Um, thanks for having me. Um, excited. Give me the, the proper German pronunciation you were just giving me before this. I didn't want to try it and make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in uh, German, it's actually Rehmann. The R is more of a throat thing. Rehmann. Rehmann. David Rehmann. <laughs> Rehmann. David. Yes, yeah. David. And what you said your name was like, dear man. It means dear man. Yes, so Re means dear and man means man. Um, you know, in the old days in Germany, most of the last names come from what their profession was. I guess my family comes from a family of hunters. Then you have like uh, Schumacher is a very common German name, which means the shoemaker. <laughs> Becker means the baker. Müller means <laughs> the 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 person who made the weed for the for the Becker. And yeah, so, so many many names in Germany. I love that. I like that there's actually like a history to it. Mine, mine is technically German too. Even my last name Moyers, but I don't think that means. Does that mean anything? Not that I know of. Moyers, not uh, doesn't mean anything. But then again, not all of the German last names do have a meaning. I'm not cool enough. Or come from from the old days where they were named after professions back then. Yeah. That's amazing, though. So that's that's a good place to start, because we initially met when I was interviewing Silos, who you drum for, and you were telling me a bit about your story, which I found so fascinating. So walk me through it a little bit. I think you told me you were born in Germany, but that you grew up in Spain. Was that right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, born in Germany, in Düsseldorf. Um, And then when I was about 11 or 12, my family had decided to move to the south of Spain, <laughs> um, which is not a bad place to go. Um, but yeah, I was thrown in, you know, then having to speak Spanish. And I actually ended up uh, going to an English-speaking international school. So it was just a crazy mix of, you know, speaking three languages at the same time. And very wow. fortunate as well. And then living in Spain, I already... You know, I was really into music, I had a band. We like, you know, tried to take it seriously. We had recorded our own stuff, rehearsed and so on and so forth. Until What we, age was this at? Like how we, young were you? We, I mean, I was like thirteen when I started my first band. I started drumming yeah, around ten. Um first I had classically trained in piano when I was a kid, you know, my parents always put me in piano lessons. And my brother, actually seven years older, when we were still living in Germany, he was in a band and playing keyboard. But he always had drumsticks lying around um, from his band. And I was always drawn to it. And I was I would just pick those up and with books, like build like a drum set and, and play around. When we moved to Spain, the first couple of years, I was in a German school in Spain. And they were putting a school band together. And they were just saying, so who can play guitar? And someone was saying, who can play drums? I said, I can. I never sat in the drum set before. <laughs> and they said, okay, <laughs> there was a drum set there. And they start playing and just sat down and played something. Okay, it's good enough. Let's. So then I joined the school band in the German school in Spain. Um, played, you know, a bunch of 
Beatles covers back then. But it was a good start. And then not so long after that, I formed my first band. And yeah, with that band, it was actually many years we were together and came together to Los Angeles as well. The other members, we actually went to music school out here in Pasadena. Uh, now it's called LA College of Music. It used to be LA Music Academy. Um, you know, I really wanted to go into depth, uh, into learning how to sight read on drums, playing different styles. I was always like a self-taught heavy rock drummer. And yeah. I really wanted to open up that horizon. Uh, and, and, and yeah, it was great. I loved it. And then, you know, we, we started playing some shows around town, met some people in here and there, to, uh, did some recordings, but ultimately, um, like, you know, it just fell apart. Me and the singer had some disagreements and I came all the way out here to, you know, to make something happen. And then ultimately I had to go a different, different way. During like being in LA, meeting people and, um, getting noticed, you know, by different producers and so forth. Uh, I met a, a ton of people, you know, and someone that's now become a good friend over the years, Jeff Blue. He was working with a band called Shoreline's End. They got a big record deal with Mercury Records. Um, it was a great record. And we started touring. And then we did Warp Tour as well. That was like oh, my gosh. What was that like? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was an experience for sure. I mean... Was it chaotic? Some of the some of the best times and some of the worst, all in one <laughs> in one month, <laughs> and everything in between. That sounds accurate. Oh my god, it was so chaotic. <laughs> what year was it that you it guys played so Warped Tour? Bad. We did. That was either 2010 or 2011. Yeah. So kind of near like the the middle was... end ish. Actually, that's still right about the height. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. I remember like, yeah, it was like Bring Me the Horizon was still like up and coming back then. Ice Nine Kills were playing a little side stage. You know, now they're like pretty big. It was interesting. Skrillex was with yeah. this old band. Uh, it was like before or just when he was becoming Skrillex. Um, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, it was That's amazing. Warped was like a circus, a rock circus, you know. And yeah, it was just mayhem <laughs> every time you get to a festival ground the first thing you see all the merch guys with their trolleys like fighting for the best spot <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and then often it's a field and then their wheels get stuck and it's just like or it's i remember in, i think it was indianapolis the whole thing was on this huge brand new parking lot with black asphalt and i think my flip-flops melted once i was walking in <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. when it was out. I grew up in Arizona, and when it was out in Arizona, you know, obviously everyone's wearing all oh. black, but it's like on asphalt <laughs> or in like a dirt field, yeah, yeah. in all black, in the heat, like just you know, the best of times, the worst of times, like you said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it was. It's for the artists and the and the audience, I think too. I'm writing this book proposal for a book all about the history of emo, pop punk, and warp tour. So if that gets picked up. I'm gonna utilize some of your stories for it if you're open to that. <laughs> oh yeah, I got I got plenty more stories. Was that your first festival experience doing Warp Tour? Warp Tour, yes, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And I remember before doing it, um, 
we actually worked parts of that record we did. We worked with Tim Pagnata, and he's the singer of Sugar Cult. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. He's a big producer now. He did Neon Trees. I mean, he works with everybody. And we're working on some songs, and he said, oh, you're doing more tours. Like, <laughs> because he, I don't know when he did it with Sugar Cult, but he's like, yeah, you'd be like, a, going in, you'd be like a newborn baby, and coming out, you'd be like, Chuck Norris swimming through a swamp with <laughs> in your teeth. <laughs> Just one warp tour, that. that's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, then you're a touring veteran and, and he was he wasn't wrong. He wasn't he wasn't wrong at all. It definitely teaches you yeah, a lot. Because the schedule the routing and it's it's more made for like buses, you know? You sleep overnight. Right. Uh, you get there, you drive sometimes 10, 11, 12 hours, but there's only a small percentage of the tour, tourist artists that actually had a budget for buses and so, and so forth. So we were in a van, so, and all the other bands in a van, it was rough, like switching to drive at the time. I think we ended up putting like a mattress in the back and we were just like, whoever's not driving is sleeping and then. We had like a rotation system. It was, like you go in shifts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we go in shifts. Um, it's the only way to do it. But yeah, well, after the the Shoreline's End thing, um, we were at it for a couple of years. We ended up touring also a lot, opening up for like Plain White Tees and, you know, just on the road constantly. But, you know, the label, um, politics often, it just never got released. And it was a thing between A and R's, and you know, there's so much politics to it, which was a shame. It, it was a great record, and then we tried to revamp it, um, as the holding, and but it was just um, very hard because the, the the masters of the whole record were owned by uh, the label, so we couldn't use right. that. And then all the content we had from before, they block it too, and so. That all kind of um, then fell apart ultimately. But um, yeah, through another good friend, and this is like now in the 2013. Um, his name is Brandon Friesen. He's a great producer, writer, uh, manager now as well. Um, he introduced me to Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, and I ended up drumming for, for quite a few years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, at the time, his wife, at the time, uh, she was a singer um, of this rock band called Domenica. So I ended up drumming for her as well. And then Billy Ray wanted to like real rock band backing him. So ultimately, all of Domenica, we became Billy's band. And uh, yeah, it was some crazy times. We did one of the last Jay Leno shows, did the Hollywood Christmas wow. Parade. It was like Stevie Wonder and Leon Rhymes. <laughs> um, That's incredible. It was a great ride, you know? But yeah, it was pretty, pretty fun. So I'm like in this country um, uh, environment now, which, which, is, which is great. And I love that it. it's basically so different, you know? Real, but it was still like real like bands and life and everything's played live and uh at that time i was a good friend of mine called tyler rich 
um, who was also up and coming, started doing the country scene and I started playing with him as well and we really built it from the ground up and he ended up, you know, moving to Nashville, got a deal with Big Machine and we, you know, I was playing with him thinking like, I'm going to build this and he's still going strong, you know, he's, he's great. Um, but then come around like 2016 through a friend uh, who's ma who had who was managing a Jordan. Um, I was doing some auditions for other projects he was doing, and he said, "Oh, I've got this new new project, and um, it's a rapper." But then he got together with this guitar player from Holland called Kevin Hissing, who writes all the riffs and stuff for Grandson. And they shot me a couple of songs, and I said, "Is this great?" And then um yeah he was like should come in and, and see where how we could take this live as well yeah because i also do musical direction um for for projects and so forth but when i see something that i really like um i do it myself so it was kind of like a side project whilst i was touring in the country world and and didn't think much of it because i'm a huge raging as machine uh, fan and so all those riffs that kevin would do really draw me to it and, and and life it would go pretty pretty hard it's just like yeah non-stop um yeah so so i tried for quite some time to combine both like once grandson started touring and stuff and blood in the water started doing well on spotify and then, um i remember like one time i had a show in toronto with grandson the next day I had to fly to Sacramento to play with Tyler. And then the next day I fly back to Toronto. <laughs> wow. And they didn't even register as a flight, so they just had a layover in Sacramento or something. Um You're probably just like, where where am I needed? I'm just I'm here to drum. <laughs> yeah, right. Um so ultimately it just became it, it wasn't feasible anymore, especially the when it really had to say, you know, I'm going with one or the other was when with Grandson sure. had a tour with Hobo Johnson. Um, and this was like a full month and a half where, you know, I couldn't like fly in and out of it. And it was, you know, one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make because uh, I love Tired, I love the guys. It was real. Like, you know, I helped putting the whole thing together. Of but course. ultimately with the thing... The thing that uh, drew me to the grandson project was, you know, the getting more into the rock world, back in the rock world where I originally came from, um, and also the more of the international touring, going back, you know, being able to play in Germany and so forth, and festivals over there, and um, yeah. That sounds like that's more where your heart was too. <laughs> Yeah, the rock is definitely um, what I always come back to. Also, I like very in high intensity drummer, and the it really translate translates best in like the rock environment. So you said that I'm trying to track basically from Warp Tour to this point. Were you basically were you on tour for the majority of gosh, how many years? Six plus years. 
Oh yeah. More yeah. than that. <laughs> ten, yeah, ten, ten years over ten years now. You, ten. Yeah, from warp to on. Wow. Yeah, I mean, with Billy, yeah, Billy Ray, we had constant shows as well, and then went into the Tyler Race uh, stuff, stuff into the grandson. With grandson alone, it's been over, been over seven years. And, wow. Uh, there, we we built, uh, you know, I was there building it from the ground up. Um, I was like musical directing it. I was tour managing it. We literally the first tour we ever did was across Canada. Yeah, it was just four of us in a minivan <laughs> in midwinter, like crossing the whole country of Canada. And, uh, that's commitment. Yeah, that's you know when you believe in something and want to help uh, build something, you do you, you try to you, do your your part. You know? And I remember, <laughs> so we had a bass player. He was from Peru, called Renzo Bravo. And then the guitar player Ramon, which you of course know, is now with me in Silos. Um, yeah. And then Jordan. So it was four of us, but Jordan didn't even have a driver's license yet. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and Renzo, and Renzo had never seen snow before, so I was like, "You're not driving." So it was all the all the driving was between me and Ramon that whole tour. It was ludicrous. So did you guys just take turns like driving, sleeping, driving, sleep? You and Ramon. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, no that sounds intense. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was uh, yeah, it was uh, also. But again, it's all these crazy experiences, you know. That's why we do it. That's why we love it as musicians. Get to see and experience, you know, so many different places, and um, and yeah, I wouldn't change it for anything. Is it harder for you? to not be on tour than it is to be on tour because that's like it seems like that's what drives you that's that's doing it that's doing what you love is to be on tour yeah you know um for sure yeah uh, it's more so the touring is the you know being on stage and 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 seeing the audience the people enjoying what you're playing you know maybe that and then the touring is part of it the traveling does get really intense and um but yeah for sure it's it's definitely that's why we all do it you know craving that that exposure to to playing live and, 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 and that experience and it's hard when you when you know you don't have it on a continuous basis um but if you have a good product and if you work hard and be persistent and don't give up you're always going to find your way back to that absolutely and you're someone who from the interview in silos and the stories you've told me here it seems like you have these opportunities kind of come to you and then you assess within yourself is this worth it is this worth leaving who i'm currently drumming for is this worth the traveling tour is it worth starting with grandson from the ground up and now you're kind of doing the same thing with silos and with ray and them like really kind of starting something else from the ground up out here in la yeah, I mean, it's um, I'm beyond excited about that because, I mean, ultimately, Grandson just came to a point where I just didn't see progressing in the way I wanted it to, and okay. just you know, I did, in rock for me, it's always like a, the, being a band is so it's an important part, but over the years, it just drifted apart where his vision was more the solo artist and 
mine. Sure. Like, Let's try and put together and be a band. And it just came to a point where it wasn't working anymore. And then, you know, I'm not going to be on the road 10, 10 months out of the year um, promoting someone else when there's nothing to right. show for in the end. Ultimately, you know, it's not growing um, together like you wanted. Yeah, it's more just okay. If yeah, I continue doing it's, this, it's it's for him. Exactly, and especially after having put in so much hard work, and but you know, that's the music business, and it is what it is. But so yeah, uh, me and Ray, uh, I've known him for about eight years. Um, oh wow! Back in the day, he was more. Yeah, he was. But he was like more of a DJ, and and then when the more touring heavy I got, we kind of like lost touch for a while. And we had uh, planned to do a proper catch up uh, before I knew I was even leaving the grandson situation. And it just happened to be like literally, I think it was like three days after that we got together at his old apartment where he had like a little studio set up, and you know I was told him everything that happened and so forth and he's like oh funny enough you know i've been really getting into rock more and uh he and under ray garrison had had some songs released and showed me that and his demos and so forth. i was like loving it like <clears throat> hands down ray's one of the most talented producers i've ever met or worked with <laughs> and so i w- oh, immediately I was my vision was already on the, onto the next project. And that day we basically decided, you know, went for lunch and said, you know, why don't we just do a uh, power band, you know, experience, great players, great music, great songs, great production, a little twist of something kind of new, which um, I'm also a huge EDM fan. I've always wanted to combine, um, the EDM with rock and powerful vocals and Ray coming from the DJing world is great and producing and programming the electronic part and then his yeah. powerful vocals on top. It's just all all gel to came together. And Ray had worked with Nick before. Um, he said he would be a great addition, and I loved it. And then Philip, the bass player, is amazing. He's from, he's from Denmark. Like, I mean, yeah, you can see the silos. I'm not going to get into too much depth because we did a whole uh, interview with you. I love together. it. I've, I love um, that so you're such an international band. It's just, I think it makes for the unique sound that silos has. Like you're saying, like with the, the hard rock and the EDM, like you each bring not only a different nationality, but a, just a slightly niched musical experience. And when you do combine it, it produces what you guys have with the EP and with a bit of the album I've, I've heard that's not out yet, but like, it's really something fresh. Like I haven't heard anything like this in a really long time. Thank you. Yeah. No, you know, also from the experience of being on the road, um, I can envision like what type of festivals we could be doing. Like with Grandson already was just because we had a lot of trap elements. We would get booked mm-hmm. for like EDM festivals. <laughs> we would, like, but then live we'd have full on like rave style rock, and then Diplo would play a, a few <laughs> hours afterwards. You know, it was like you're like at e- EDC. <laughs> 
Plot yeah, like stuff like that. <laughs> and and but I do I do feel like in the EDM world, they are always like there's so much room to grow, and I think integrating more of a live thing. Um, it's the way to go. And with silos, we envision it. We actually have a way more EDM driven set as well, where we literally five piece band with like a DJ set. Um, and we actually, a couple oh, months I can't ago, wait to see this. This underground, <laughs> underground rave here in downtown LA. It was, it was, it was pretty sick. Was it underwear? Um, like that's the thing, right? Underwear? Yes, yes, yes. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> we literally came in there, full band. And they had this whole EDM set with us <laughs> rocking out on top of it, and you know, whatever. Yeah, when I found, you know, within the music industry, you don't, you cannot reinvent the wheel. It's impossible. But if you have a little touch that's a little bit different, people go, "Oh, okay." Like with Grandson, it was really the 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 trap, the trap beats mixed with those rage riffs, and I cannot give enough props to kevin hissing um he's just amazing and he's worked with us on some silo stuff as well i brought you know i just along the way i always try to keep the core of people that i've worked with in the past and we've made stuff happen and been loyal to each other um i always want to do stuff together and bring them along the same way like ramon also I in love the wake that. of leaving grandson he wasn't you know he's like what now and i was like let's go let's do this come come and let's do this band together and then he was like yeah let's let's dive in and we can do it again we can build something from the ground up um just gotta gotta go for it <laughs> that's beautiful and like knowing who you work well with and keeping them close just like even you and ray that's a perfect example of having known him and then you just kind of drift apart while you do your own things for a while. And then something as fortuitous as a lunch and then you're starting a band together again, but had it not been for that connection in the first place, it wouldn't have circled back around all these years later. And I find that that happens so much, especially in the world of music. Like you just never know what one encounter with someone, what that connection could possibly lead to in the future. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I'm a, and then, you know, not to become philosophical, but I am a strong believer that everything happens for a reason somehow, and it just has been proven throughout my life and career. But uh, with Ray, yeah, it's, it's just it was pretty crazy how it all came together and how quickly. Um, I mean, this lunch I'm talking about was last November, like end of last November. And, so not even a year, yeah. and look where you're at. Like the album will be out hopefully this November. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Was, yeah, no, it's gonna. Uh, there's some, yeah, there's some great stuff on there, and it goes into like, um, so many different vibes. Each song has like its, its own little thing, but um, yeah, just insane growth in such a short period of time. Even the social media is going up. We have like a fan club in Brazil already couple of fan clubs in brazil um it's just mind-blowing but um grateful for sure um because i know from experience that usually it's, it doesn't go this quick we have a great label behind us now too judge and jury um with neil from three days grace he's one of the owners he's really 
enthusiastic about everything. And then, of course, Howard Benson um, is a big part of the reason why the record sounds so amazing. I mean, he's, you know, one the best, one of the best producers of legendary generation. And, uh, and they really seem like such a great then, duo too, Neil and Howard. Yeah, they're a great duo um, with the label. And then Mike Plotnikov, the engineer and studio owner of uh, Westlake, uh, he also, him and Howard work great together. And Mike actually in the studio, especially with drums and guitar, he's just such a genius. Um, it was such a pleasure and honor to, to work with them. And uh, he was already like so enthusiastic as well, and it just brings such a good vibe to the whole um, experience of recording a record, you know? Because you come with a song, which is basically an idea, and then you you're often not that sure. So having that perspective of these guys loving it and yeah, encouraging it, us, and it just made it all so much better, and it really shows. So, yeah, the the quality expertise. Group that they have and the support like it just it goes such a long way actually i had the pleasure of very briefly meeting neil the first time i met ray back in the winter i think he was here for like the iheart radio awards and just even watching neil talk to ray and being so excited even that far back about like oh i have this idea you guys could do for a music video and oh my gosh like your content did great now what if you did this next like i could i could see and feel how much Neil believed in you guys already. And, and I haven't met Howard, but I assume it's the exact same thing from the stories you guys have told me. And that's just like, what a beautiful thing to have someone with that much history, not only believe in you, but to like actually be like excited about working with you guys and building this together. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, just, you know, I think it would be way harder right now if we would be independent and just, releasing our stuff into the void and hoping for the best <laughs> and oh um, it's difficult it's like playing the lottery <laughs> yep um yeah it is it really is and sometimes it works out and most of the time it doesn't um back i remember with grandson we were independent at the time when we released blood in the water and it's just right got legs and, and and did its thing and that's you know the rest is history but uh yeah, you just never, you just never know which song uh, is gonna make such an impact so quick. Um, but I do feel, yeah, this this new band Silos, it's uh, definitely putting my all into it, and that's all I can do, right? All you can do is give it your all, and the rest is to the universe. I, I tell myself that all the time. I'm like, <laughs> if I did my best, then no matter what happens, I know that I put everything I could into it, and that's that's it. That's the only thing that's in your control. Exactly. Yeah. You can it's no no reason to beat yourself up and what could have been done differently and all this no, just you know, step by step. <laughs> I'm really excited to see what, what happens with silos. I think and I've got uh the show coming up at the whiskey in December, right? Yes. Um December is the show with Orgy. Um as you know we have Ray, uh Jay Gordon featured on Insatiable which is great. Um, they're just, you know, orgy. I mean, me growing up, I loved them. I think they were really on the forefront back then in the 2000s, mixing, you know, the, like the electronic with the rock. And yeah, they're, they're really unique in their own way. So it was a great fit for us 
to do a feature with Orgy. Because um, that's what we're trying to kind of do, you know, bring a fresh take on this rock world with, you know, electronic. Um, so, yeah, that show is going to be awesome at the Whiskey. And I think, yeah, we have some Halloween stuff going on. We're doing a show at Palm Springs. Um, this Halloween show. <laughs> Uh, that we'll, sounds we'll, we'll so fun. Uh, I love a Halloween show. <laughs> we'll have all the details up on our socials and so forth. It's going to be with Crazy Town is going to perform as well and some other great bands. And... So tell me about this EDM project. Yeah, so um, actually when I was on tour last year uh, with Grandson, um, one of the stops in Germany, in Leipzig to be exact, um, I met up with a couple of guys, um, this artist called Polish Kid and his manager. And we just got talking and I've always had this idea for years. I mean, but I've always been so busy with touring and that I wanted to do like an EDM DJ with live drums. Um, I mean, of Ooh, course, yeah, DJ okay. live drums has been, has been done before. But I wanted to take it to a place where we actually have original tracks and then also, you know, do EDM covers, but more of the halftime, like heavy EDM where live rock drums really work. And um, yeah, Polish Kid is an amazing artist. He actually just dropped his EP if you want to check it out. Um, we just started remotely. He was in Germany. I was in, uh, in, back in LA then. And we just started working on this, the concept, the songs. He was shooting me some ideas. I actually recorded some live drums on it uh, at the Silo Studios with, with Ray as well. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting. It's called Löwe, which means lion in German. I'm pretty into lions. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, Are you a Leo? I mean, I'm not an astrology person, but, like, is that why? <laughs> That's yeah. That's one of the reasons too. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, so yeah, the the project is going to be called Löwe, which is like L O with the two dots, the German Ö, W E. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's a great name for like an EDM vibe. We're just still navigating, seeing how. But this could be something you know where we just do some EDM festivals or something, and it's like something different. Um. So I'm excited about that as well. And we, we did launch the Instagram for it, but just like getting started with it and seeing what goes. And we're still working on the music. So my Instagram, I have a link to the Lerba project as well. And uh, yeah, definitely also check out Polish Kid in Germany. And I was in Germany this summer uh, for a bit with family and I took a five-hour train ride to Leipzig from Düsseldorf. And we sh the content you see on Instagram was shot this summer when I was in Germany. <laughs> I love that because it just, it makes you a true artist, at least to me, because you're very well-rounded. Like you don't just have, not that there's anything wrong with being like very niche down. Some people really like to focus on one particular part of the craft, but I, I have always been drawn to artists who kind of dabble in a couple of different things and try to see like where they can blur the lines, but then where to keep things separate. And I feel like it's that exploration that really, elevates you as an artist over time yeah totally um you just gotta you know keep going and i mean 
it's a fine line, you know, if you do too much, then you can't put enough attention to, but if you really like say, okay, right. it's my priority, but then I also want to do these things and explore that at the same time. And, uh, you know, you just gotta navigate the best you can. But yeah, I feel like with the silos band, it's like, you know, solid and the, and the priority going, you know, going strong right now, but at the same time. I want to find time for this EDM project, which I actually have been thinking about for years, um, but I've never had time. It's one of those things. It's like you make the time. It'll never just come to you. It's like <laughs> how busy you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you say, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow, then you push it and it's just time. It gets, just goes so quick, you know? Um, it does. The next thing uh, you yeah. know, months or years have gone by and you're like, oh, I haven't even started that yet. That's exactly what what happened with the Lerva project. But now finally, also finding people that are equally excited about it and wanted to, to work on it and so forth. And like with Polish kid, um, it just also ignited fire again with me wanting to 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 work on it and and give it a shot, you know? Well, my closing tradition, I think, as you know, from the silos one, is to ask your advice for someone listening, but this is more specific to you now, so it could be a little bit different if you want it to be. For anybody listening who's looking to get into drumming or maybe is a drummer and hasn't really caught their break yet, what advice would you give? I, I mean, over the years, the one thing that really set apart um, of people who like make it and that don't is the persistence, you know. If you there's gonna be so many no's and so many obstacles um that just make it easy to get, to give up, you know, and maybe go home. In my case I could have gone home to Spain or Germany and then, you know, <clears throat> doing my thing there. But came to a point where I'm like struggling and saying, I don't know where to go from here. Just keep, you know, drumming, take every opportunity you can get. Uh, be out there, meet people, and be likable because no one wants to work with you if you're not a nice guy <laughs> or girl. Nobody wants to work with an asshole. So you definitely... <laughs> right. I mean, especially in LA, everybody is on such a high level, you know, with their skill-wise. Um, a lot of the times, the thing that will set you apart is the likability, you know, from like people wanting to work with you, you know? Yeah. So definitely persistence is key. Well, I love that. And I agree, like persistence and just keeping going with anything. That's the hardest part because it's like when you want to give up and you feel like you have every reason to, but you don't, if you don't, I feel like that really is what makes the difference in the end for someone who quote unquote makes it or doesn't. It's not even necessarily talent. It's just, did you give up? Yeah, totally. There's so many talented singers and bands and, and musicians and producers like you know <clears throat> there's also so much in uh, happening in the in the background of music you know this the producers the ghostwriters the um but that's a uh, korean music too where you can either stay persistent and keep going following what you want to do or or give up you know well, thank you so much again for joining me today. I know you had such a unique story and I really wanted to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one, so I, <laughs> I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm sure 
the listeners do too. So to everybody listening, I will link David's, well, everything for your Spotify, your socials. If you want to follow him, check out the bands he's drummed for, particularly Silos currently, who are incredible. Their EP is out now. They have the show, like he was mentioning, in Palm Springs, was it, for Halloween? Yeah, Palm Springs, a couple of days before Halloween. But yeah, we'll, we'll post all the details about that. And, and yeah, then hopefully, you know, we're working on getting booking agents, starting to look at some tours and stuff to support the release. That's amazing. I'm so excited. And then the one, <laughs> of course, at the Whiskey in December. So we'll put all that info in the link here below for people to check out. And if you like this interview, please hit like and subscribe to never miss an interview with amazing artists like David. And thank you so much for joining me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for having me.